This album is dedicated to all brothers and sisters. My men and my women. And yo, it's time. Put our hands together. Hip hop, hip hop. This one talking about y'all is hip hop. The stories of hip hop, of rap music, are the stories of a million MCs who inside of them the words are coming, the words they need to make sense of the world around them. The words are witty and blunt, abstract and linear, sober and fucked up. And when we decode that torrent of words, by which I mean really listen to them with our minds and our hearts open, we can understand their world better, and ours too. It's the same world. This is Rhymes and Reasons. Yeah, I'm Marcelina Morgan, uh, founding director of the Hip Hop Archive at Harvard University. This is Teller Love Has Felt the Need by Eddie Kendricks. People know Eddie Kendricks from The Temptation. The, what I like about the Eddie Kendricks song is that it is the sweetest sounding thing and it is cold leaded. If it were something else, it would be a blues song or something. And here it is. La, da, 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 da. It's so sweet in the morning, you know, all of that. And then the background, the chorus comes in. It's like Teller. It's cold. And at the same time, it's beautiful. So you get this hard truth with something comforting going on. I'm going to tell you the truth as nicely as I can, but I'm out of here. about the song so what he was talking about was he was saying you have to know heartbreak you have to know like the truth how are you how do you keep going how do you tell the truth knowing you're going to hurt someone and and end up feeling you're a decent person how do you do all that and in some respects that's the theme of the teenage years that's what happens when you're that age and there's a song about it so if you think about hip-hop, what a great foundation if you get that, if you hear that. All those things that are heartbreaking but so regular, that to me ultimately is what hip-hop does. It may not be something that you want to hear, but you're supposed to really be able to talk about something that they used to say is real.
things we talk about in hip hop is how important imagination is. A biggie version of it was all a dream coming from a situation where people believe you can't possibly have a dream outside of this. Nothing will work and everything that you're dealing with is telling you it's not going to work. It's not going to work. And people who love you and care about you may actually be saying that because they're afraid of how you're going to deal with the disappointment of it not working. Yet you're imagining yourself successful. You're imagining all of these things. And so all of that plays very much into laying the groundwork for we're going to tell you hard truths and we're still going to believe in love and we're still going to believe you can make it we're still going to believe you can be safe we're still going to believe in america when we talk now about how why is there such a difference between white liberals and a lot of people of color in terms of how they're looking at this some people argue it's because we always thought it was bad and we believed in america and the shift is wow it's bad and i didn't even really notice it that much and we're looking at each other saying it was always been bad and you have to keep going because this is what believing in america is not saying it's got to be only one way Washington song, It's a Mean Old Man's World, was one of those songs that when I was a young child in Chicago, I, I lived on 59th and State Street. And at that time, State was a booming street, had one of the best barbecue houses. The L stopped it there and, and apartments from end to end, except at the very end, there was there was uh, grocery stores, Lim's Barbecue, etc., etc. Um, I remember one Whenever you went outside on the street, you would hear this song coming from all these apartments. And there'd be women singing this at the top of their lungs. And it was absolutely fascinating to me. Oh, Lord, it's a mean old man, mean old man's world. It's a mean old man. I knew a lot about Dinah Washington. I come from a, a jazz family. My aunt was a jazz pianist in Chicago. She played a lot with some of the major artists at the time. And I used to hear stories about Dinah Washington. And Dinah Washington was in some respect this woman in a man's world who was considered to be one of the best phrasers, singers, etc., who competed with them all the time. And if you read some of the artists who talk about that particular period, if you're playing at the same time Dinah's playing in Chicago, her, her main goal is to make sure no one goes to your show. She is the quintessential example of the best MC. Women is still at this time are also very strong in terms of what they do and how they do it. And if you think about the beginning of hip hop, you had a, a number of really strong women as hip hop begins. And then there are all these shifts that happen that 
marginalize the, the sort of strong woman MC in, in some ways. Um, so It's a Mean Old Man's World, I think, represented this critique. I didn't have a sense of the difference between men and women's lives when I first started hearing this, but I had a sense that women had a sense of that. That was incredibly profound. One thing that, that was clear to me is that there are some things that really matter, and the things that matter had to do with integrity. So the men in the family all worked. One of my uncles uh, drove a truck across the country d delivering, and the they used to get together for jam sessions at the house, especially when someone was in town. You would hear stories about what they were dealing with, and they would always talk about things like being a man, what it meant to be a man. And they always said, the only thing no one can take from you is your integrity. And I remember as a kid thinking, wow, that's right. And I remember one time there was an argument over the song we'll talk about later, um, Acknowledgement. They were arguing about different parts of the album the album and what someone was arguing over, what the first part was called, what the second part's called, and, and they'd been drinking for quite a while, and somehow this ended up going outside, and they were tussling. It wasn't a violent thing. I mean, it was violent, but they were just t tussling, and I remember looking at my mother and saying, what's that about? It just didn't make any sense to me, and she said, it's the principle. It's the principle. She said, be real careful, because people will die and kill each other over the principle, but it's the principle of the thing. All right. Well, the John Coltrane song is, in many respects, the soundtrack to the Black Power movement, to all movements that occurred in the 60s and 70s, and it, as well as representing this idea of it isn't enough to just argue. You have to think about things. You have to have a philosophy. You have to understand. You have to have a theory. You have to have an analysis. John Coltrane's music brought the discussion back. And the discussion is, is about war. It is about the country. It is about the role of government. It's about so many things that were not discussed prior to that period. Think about hip-hop now. There are so many things that we discuss in everyday life because hip-hop and everyday discussions now occur about things that before were taboo but affecting entire communities. And I think that 
that is what Coltrane does, you begin to see why producers love sampling some of that. You're thinking about the sounds and what they mean and what the feeling is and how do you represent urban decay or how do you represent outrage of what's going on in society and you get all of that. decided to do acknowledgement, I wouldn't say it was my favorite in the sense of I lived by acknowledgement, but I would say that that piece was a game changer culturally. We're, we're talking about this period where you're getting these incredible musicians, whether it's Coltrane, Miles, just all these people who are now emerging, dealing with what sound and symbolism and all those things combined how that actually works. If you think about it in terms of hip hop, it's sort of like rhyming in hip hop. The rhyme isn't always the rhyming that one learns in school. The rhyme is your knowing that that long vowel is connecting to the long vowel. It's not the same sound necessarily, but it's the same flow. As a student, people would say, "Where you're, what country are you from? And I would say, I'm not from a country, I'm from Chicago. Chicago is an incredibly racially divided city. What that means at particular periods of time is that it's an ideal world because your worldview is based on your neighborhood where you know everybody, their limits uh, in terms of where you're going. Um, you've got a lot of illegal activity going on throughout the city and things being controlled by outsiders. All of that is happening and you've got the soundtrack for that. Whether people are on the corner, whether they're in clubs, whether you're listening, people are playing it on the stereo, all of that builds your understanding. But Chicago is, is a city where there was a lot of self-education. So people, the history books didn't teach things. People would come through communities teaching those things. So you're you're talking about a community that is self-sufficient and that demands in some respects respect at many different levels. Kill Scott Heron. I think I'll call it morning. I'm gonna take myself a piece of sunshine And paint it all over my sky yeah. Be no rain I think I'll call it morning is to me such an important song when you're really concerned about the world and you don't want to become this hard single focused person who will not stop 
until everything is better, that you actually realize you're part of a social world. How can we stop and enjoy and look around and be able to appreciate it? How can you be hard and have a heart? How can you be hard and really care and show you care about someone? What I like about Gil's song at this point is he's dealing with that. And he is talking about what's going on in the world in that song. And he's also talking about, I'm going to call it morning. You know, this is the new beginning, a new day. Why should I survive on sadness and tell myself I've got to be alone? Why should I subscribe to this world's madness knowing that I've got to live on? This is uh, early 70s, and this is, I think, the first studio album, full album that they have out, Pieces of a Man. And The Revolution Will Not Be Televised is on this album. So this is the sort of beginning in, in many respects. And it is a game changer, once again. And of course, when hip hop really gets going, it's sampled like Gil is sampled like crazy because young people understood what he was doing. He's political, he's social, and he's caring, and he's emotional. As you look at Gil, everything around that album would make you think the song wouldn't be there. And it's a song, really, it's about hope. Because that album's hard. You know, he saw his father fall to pieces. And the pieces of a man is seeing his father destroyed by life. You know, revolution will not be televised. All sorts of things. And, uh, and so is this. Yeah, I think I'll call it morning from now on. Yeah, I'll call it morning from now on. Yeah. this a lot when I was in Chicago then when I did a degree in England all my friends in London played the song this is who they were listening to so I really see him as connecting people who are socially conscious to each other and I think the reason why it had such international he had such an international appeal is that this is someone who understood struggle and that in order to remain human and caring when you're fighting systems or doing all this, you have to have this connection. Freedom is hard. Freedom is difficult. Dealing with an unjust world is difficult. And we can also paint the sky in a beautiful way. Archive has been around for at least 30 years, it turns out. Someone reminded me. Started at UCLA. I started off as an assistant professor 
taught anthropology. There, um, my background is as a linguistic anthropologist and sociolinguist. I taught this, this course at UCLA called, the name of it is Speech Communities. Uh, urban speech communities, and it had about 300 people in it, and they went out and looked at, found speech communities that they had to describe, and about six came back as hip-hop, as a speech community, and I said, no, that can't possibly be true, and why don't you do something that we know really does exist? And one day, about eight students turned up at my office to explain to me what hip-hop was, how important it was, that it was a culture, and that they wanted to do these projects, and that I couldn't just say to them that a culture that's important to them was not as significant as other. I said, okay, we'll see. And it was the most amazing experience. directing the hip-hop archive because at a certain point they started graduating. They would come to me with the most amazing things associated with material culture out of hip-hop and they would say, we're giving this to you. I'm giving this to you because you're an anthropologist, so you have to respect material culture. You can't throw it away. My mother would throw it away. And they suspected that their parents had been waiting to purge all of these things from the garage or the basement, wherever it was. And so that started coming to me. It's the most, you know, life-affirming thing when a bunch of 19-year-olds are taking all these ideas that they've learned or worked through in their college papers. Their main focus was, we have to think of a way to do this so that no one's going to destroy it. Of course, that meant that if I was going to do it, I had to then go to different archives and figure out how we could actually do this and learn more about archiving, preservations, museums. It's just amazing the things that I've had to learn about that I never thought I would know. about Get Money is the feminism in it. And it is this moment when you start having public discussions about feminism, social, how women are looked at when they're working class versus middle class. And if you remember the video that went with this, it starts off as your middle class divorce 
situation where she's going after the money. It's very stereotypical. And he is hiding the money and he can't believe this or that. And then they flip it to, now look at the working class version of this. When she starts talking, she begins to talk about all that she did. And she basically did all these things to support him until he was violent toward her. And once he was violent toward her, game was over. And that moment happened becomes this important moment in hip hop. In the video, you've got Salt and Pepper. And you know, remember they they're the ones who came out with Push It and also came out with songs about safe sex. So you've got this moment where you see a movement really beginning to happen and people questioning who decides this, who decides that. And at the same time, it's not ideal. It's not the Rosa Parks situation. But it's the best looking person that we could have here who's on the forefront, who won't make people nervous and, and they haven't done anything that anybody will question. And that's not who's coming at you actually with the progressive voice about feminism in society. It's Lokim. That's who's bringing this message. And you begin to see that really this wave happening from that perspective in hip hop where the women are talking about, it's my body, it's this, it's that, and all of this begins to develop as everyday conversation. Things that make up for all the games and the lies, homework cards, saying I apologize, is you with me? Could you ever deceive me? The payback's a bitch, motherfucker, believe me. Nah, I ain't gay, this ain't no lesbo flow. Just a little something to let you motherfuckers know. All these things were underground. No one talked about, no 16 or 17 year old had a deep conversation about how problematic sexual representation might be, why is it that boys can wear this, girls can't, and that it's discussion throughout regular people until all this happens. And so you get that happening, which I think should be celebrated. Instead, people were just silent. They just didn't know what to do with it. I'm actually talking about that moment, but I'm actually not talking about just Little Kim and Foxy Brown. I'm talking about they, what they were doing created a space for discussion that should have been happening. And it's the discussion, not necessarily them. They're the ones who open up for this discussion. All of a sudden, people are discussing it. People are, you know, once someone says she shouldn't be able to do this, and you have a young woman saying, why wouldn't she be able to do that? You know, guys do this. Why? You're opening up a discussion. And it's a discussion that we haven't had so openly before in this society, is the point I'm making. And that really brings me to Four Women by Talib Kweli. Yeah. So we got this tune called Four Women, right? Originally it was by Nina Simone. She said it was inspired by, uh, you know, down south. In the south they used to call her mother auntie. No misses, you know, just auntie, you know what I'm saying? And uh, she said if anybody ever called her auntie, she burned the whole goddamn place down, you know what I'm saying? But you know, we're moving past that. 
know what I'm saying? Coming into the new millennium, can't forget our elders. I got off the two train in Brooklyn on my way to a session. So let me help this woman up the stairs before I get to stepping. We got in a conversation. She when you look at Poor Women by Nina Simone, one of the things that that song does is talks about the oppression of all women, in particular women of African descent who dealt with slavery and not having any protection for their bodies. But it talks about body, it talks about looks, it talks about all those things. One of the reasons that I included it was because when I've worked in African American communities and gone to various activities for young women, they often are being taught this song and dancing to the song where you're Aunt Sarah, you're this, you're that. So what do they tell them before they take on these characters? What you see in their performances from so many centers, community centers that where I've looked at this is the dark person may be the light person in the performance. And you get all these things switched up. And what you're really playing with is this idea of that skin color, that hair, that person who ends up as a result of rape, what have you, are all of us. The issue associated with beauty and standards and abuse and all that play and how they play now and how they relate. And I think uh, Talib Kweli did just such an amazing job of pulling that together and relating that to the original Nina Simone song and with, within the, the modern concepts that we have, whether it's about hair or skin color or body type, etc. And how do we really sort of critique that and be supportive at the same time because one of the things that happens is the song itself as well as the Nina Simone song except at the very end treats it as really a tragedy but at the end of the Nina Simone song my name is Peaches you know she's fighting back in terms of the Talib Kweli song there is the fight back but there really is this incredible disappointment in society. Sit on the stoops up for Harlem Holding hands under the Apollo marquee Dreaming of stardom Since they was born the streets Just watching the scheme And now it got them Generations facing diseases That don't kill you They just got problems And complications To get you first Yo, it's getting worse When children hide the fact That they're pregnant Cause they're scared of giving birth How will I feed this baby? How will I survive? How will this baby shine? Daddy dead from crack in 85 Mommy dead from AIDS in 89 At 14 the baby hit the same streets They became a master The children of the enslaved They grow a little faster They bodies become adult While they keep the thoughts of a child Her arrival into womanhood Was hemmed up for her survival now she's 25 barely grown out on her own doing whatever it takes tripping working out on the block up on the phone talking about my skin is tan like the front of your hand and my hair well my hair's alright whatever way I wanna fix it it's alright it's fine but my hips these sweet hips of mine invite you daddy when I fix my lips my mouth is like wine so if you think about hip hop in the beginning it starts off people are teenagers they're doing things that teenagers do they're thinking ways teenagers do we end up in a period where it's mainly guys okay and i don't think it's a big surprise that when that happens there's not a lot of interesting things going on it's it's what guys who are 16 think about 
And unfortunately, the way the industry was working at the time, it supported that. So how do you come in if you don't come in sexy as a woman? Is anybody going to give you an opportunity to do anything? So what you end up with is really incredible growth on the in the underground, but people aren't making the kind of money everyone else is making, and maybe they're not getting the same kind of play, but you end up with even a more vibrant underground. And what comes out of that underground is what we're experiencing now. And we're seeing that for both men and women, there's been tremendous growth. A daughter come up in Georgia, ripe and ready to plant seed. Left the plantation when she saw a sign, even though she can't read, it came from God. When life get hard, she always speak to him. She'd rather kill her babies than let the master get to him. She on the run up north to get across to Mason Dixon. In church, she learned how to be patient and keep wishing. The promise of eternal life after death for those that God bless. She swear the next baby she have will breathe a free breath and get milk from a free breast. I love being alive. Otherwise, they'll have to give up being themselves to survive. Being made cleaning ladies, maybe teachers or college graduates, nurses or housewives, prostitutes and drug addicts. Some will grow to be old women, some will die before they're born. There'll be mothers and lovers who inspire and make songs. But me, my skin is brown and my manner is tough. Like the love I give my babies when the rainbow's enough. I'll kill the first motherfucker to mess with me, I never bluff. I ain't got time to lie, my life has been much too rough. Still running with bare feet, I ain't got nothing but my soul. Freedom is the ultimate goal. Life or death is small in a hole in many ways. I'm awfully bitter these days. Cause the only parents God gave me, they were slaves and it crippled me. I got the destiny of a casualty. But I live through my babies and I'll change my reality. Maybe one day I'll ride back to Georgia on a train. Folks around there call me Peaches. Guess that's my name. Hip hop matters because it really gives us, and by us I mean any thinking person, a context to express what is going on in the world in a way that actually represents what you consider to be the voices around you. It isn't enough to just represent, this is what I think, that's not hip hop, just what you think isn't hip hop. It's, do you represent this community? What does this community think? Who are you? Where are you from? How does that make the world a place where people can participate? Because hip hop is getting where you fit in. Hip hop is not something that excludes, it includes if you come within the context, within the setting of wanting to deal with creativity, deal with others, deal with being evaluated and to talk about what's going on no matter how difficult it is and be willing to grow. Hip-hop doesn't exist without change and growth. That's part of its power. My skin is black My arms are long My back is strong Strong enough to take the pain Inflicted again and again What do they call me? My name is Aunt Sarah Sarah and Sarah. 
skin is yellow My hair is long 